came together to be entertained. The movies. I love that skit. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers. Ernesto, it is time. It's time for us to talk about firmly. Firmly. <laughs> so if you it's haven't amazing. figured it out by now, we are reviewing Fast X, starring Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jason Momoa, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Natalie, I lost the, the voice like halfway through the names, <laughs> Na- Nathalie Emmanuel, Sung Kang, Charlize Theron, Jason Statham, John Cena, Leo Ab- Abello Perry, Jordana mm-hmm. Brewster, Brie Larson, Scott Eastwood, Alan Richardson, Alan Richson, and Daniela Melchior. Cor? Yes. Okay. Directed yeah. by Louis Letrier. Let 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 Letier. Yeah. Director of the Transporter One and Two. The Incredible Hulk, Clash of the Titans, and Now You See Me, great movie. I didn't realize that he directed that. Written by mm-hmm. Dan Mazow, uh, who wrote Wrath of the Titans, and Justin Lin, who wrote Fast 9, who was originally supposed to direct Fast X, yes. but then stepped out due to creative differences. Oh, yeah, you wrote that. <laughs> actually, yeah, I wrote Matt, right there. Matt, for Matt actually wrote it down for me. But see, I fuck, I just fucking ad lib that shit. I just, <laughs> I threw that, I dusted it off the old noggin. <laughs> I don't need your words. <laughs> but it was helpful. It was helpful. It was helpful to have that there. Because Justin Lin, to add to that, Justin Lin, who directed three, four, five, six, and Fast Nine, mm-hmm. dropped out. Wow, that's that's like over half the franchise. <laughs> and you know, to the very end, to say, you know what? I don't want to end it. I don't. I. It doesn't matter that I've invested all this other time into it. I had to. And, and it's and it's crazy because he. I remember him going on an interview, and, and like a lot of people were kind of bashing the F nine. And as we've discussed, uh, if you can, you want to go back two years ago, believe it or not, when we reviewed that movie. I remember saying that we regarded it as one of the worst in the franchise. It wasn't. It wasn't great, yeah. um, in my it was, opinion. It was crazy. It, w- it was definitely a step backwards, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think. I think what he wanted to do was kind of tone it down a little bit. Mm. But in this particular case, Vin Diesel has more power than the director. This um, is my family. I end it the way that I want. <laughs> <laughs> and and so with that, he uh, he got like, you know, he, he left the project and they brought in Lewis Lutt later. And um, and we're going to be talking about Fast Sex later in the show. So uh, I am very much excited to have this conversation with you, Ernesto, because this <laughs> it's it's uh, I, I, I can't wait. It's gonna be great. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm interested to have this conversation. Yes, amazing. Okay, so before we get to that, uh, we are gonna be skipping what you watching this week. Sorry, David. I know he he loves that segment. <laughs> uh, but be sure, rest assured, we're gonna be talking about it next week. But before we dive into F, uh, Fast X, we are gonna be diving into some entertainment news. And Ernesto, boy, do we have some entertainment news to talk about today. I know. I know the, I guess, we have a story that I didn't write down, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I know the second story is something that you're really excited about. I know it for sure. Mm. Um, but uh, this this one you just brought to my attention right before we started recording. Uh, but Dead, Deadpool 3 
confirms basically that it has begun filming amidst the stri- the writer's strike. Now that's pretty crucial because a lot of productions right now are on hold yeah. um, uh, on production amid the writer's strike. And so, uh, according to Collider, due to the contract that writers due to the contract that writers for Deadpool three have with the studio, actors have to follow the script to the letter. That means star Ryan Reynolds, whose constant quips are an essential aspect in the dead in his Deadpool performance, will not be allowed to improvise any lines during production while the strike is going on, which is quite crucial yeah. <laughs> to, his to what makes Deadpool Deadpool. Yeah, absolutely. It it's it's it it I mean but this is a provision that they already had in place, which is really which is really interesting. So maybe they didn't want they like so they already weren't gonna let Ryan Reynolds do it, or maybe he hadn't planned on doing it. I mean, it's it's interesting that it's something that was already like contractually there, or did they well, put that I, in in kind of maybe knowing that a writer strike was coming? Well, I I don't believe so. I think that I think there were every intention to go out of their way to like I'm sure there is a script and w- with every Deadpool movie I'm going to assume here. But then you have Ryan Reynolds who's there to he puts his own little quips on it or maybe another take he would do something different. You know the directors would give them freedom to kind of ad lib certain certain scenes. And I feel like if I learned anything from the behind the scenes of the first Deadpool movie at the very least, he was able to kind of do what he, he had the freedom to like you know change it up a little bit if it worked better for the scene but in this particular case he's not going to be able to do that now while it is possible when the script was already written for the production to start that's perfectly okay as long as the script is written they can still go in production so technically as of right now marvel isn't doing anything wrong here if the script was already there but if they wanted to make any changes and especially yeah. when he ad-libs he cannot do that which i feel like is crucial to what makes Deadpool Deadpool. Yeah, but what kind of production isn't going to have script changes? Like, what if, you know, once they start shooting and they start getting into it, they're not going to want to make any adjustments or alter story direction or anything like that? That's there. That's a, that's got to be a huge hindrance that they're going to put themselves on. I mean, it's, it, maybe we will notice it, maybe we won't. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It, it, it also says that Marvel has already paused development on one of its other movies, Blade, yeah. which we already knew that, um, because of the writer's strike. And they're still in pre-production, so obviously they're still writing it. And so, yeah, they can't move on if they can't write more story for it. But it, I do find it interesting that I wonder – now, here's the thing that, that I wonder now. If whenever the writer's strike is over, will they have to go back and reshoot some scenes because possible. they wanted to – because they wanted to use those lines instead, they just couldn't do it amidst the writer strike. Probably, it's going to be very, it's so, going to be interesting. Yeah, so uh, I think Marvel is one of the few one few production studios that are moving forward with their production as of right now, at least with this particular project. Or maybe they can go by as you know they're trying to not lose too much money, so they're doing what they can before maybe they can't anymore. But I think it's great that the studio that. The writers that they're all standing there, there's I've seen I've seen a bunch of Instagram posts from uh, like actors and directors that are all standing in solidarity with the writers because mm-hmm. they're they're finally realizing how valuable their work is. Like they are literally yeah. the body of the thing that they're making. Like they're without their words on the paper, they would have nothing. Right. Absolutely. And I know right now, I think at, by the end of June or July, there could be another strike for the Directors Guild. 
if they can't come up with an agreement as well. And I know that I think in a few months, either around that time as well, the Actors Guild has not agreed on anything yet. And so if they don't reach an agreement by the end of June or July or even August, then they can go on strike as well. So at this point, the writer's strike is going on is one thing. But if other strikes are happening, then no productions can go. And you're going to have to make an agreement along all the different uh, different guilds in order for production to move forward. And, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, they, with streaming, they're saying they're not making money, but then we're then they're talking record profits. So mm-hmm. it's like, what, what, like, what is actually happening back there? Like, there's obviously right. you guys aren't giving up everything. So, we'll, yeah, we'll see where it goes. I, but it, it is interesting that I think like the way we regard actors, we should be regarding writers and directors. Directors, I feel like in recent years have we've kind of migrated to really noticing like who's creating the project as opposed to yes. just acting like realizing how crucial great directing and great writing how like how important it is absolutely and it's with with the exception of certain studios there's some movies that you watch and whoever's behind the movie studio wise it's it doesn't matter no. that's just you're just fronting the bill yeah exactly at this point, it doesn't matter. More, what's more important is your writers, directors, your actors. That's what's on the poster. Yeah, you know, even your producers are on the poster as well. So, like, it depends how the project is going. But yeah, like the, these are important things that, and we can note because the first thing I think of when I see a movie is like, who directed that? Yeah, and then it's who like, wrote it? <laughs> and, and then who wrote it? Yeah, and then for me, my next step is who who did the score for that? Mm, you know, th- there's. There's a lot of you know a lot of credits that are on there that contribute to the movie making process. Well, then maybe what we'll see is a trickle down effect. Everybody's at the top, closer to the top, like the writers and directors realizing, hey, there's maybe more of the pie that we deserve, and then it's mm-hmm. uh, that'll just trickle down hopefully throughout everybody to to where it's more or less even. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is interesting. Uh, again, this is a great reminder that the writers' strike is still actively going on. They're now in their Third week, I believe. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah their third week, yeah. So as of yeah, this like <laughs> as of this recording, yes, they've entered their third week into it. Yeah, yeah, right here. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, the last writers' strike that happened back in 07 um, lasted 100 days. So we're already three weeks into that. So hopefully it doesn't last that long, but some some say it might. So which is unfortunate. And maybe what we will see at the end of all this is maybe not as many productions because now they're going to have to pay these people more, but we're going to get more quality. We'll see like some kind Hopefully. of out effect. Like we're, we, they're not just going to be mass producing stuff. And I think we're already starting to see some of that scale back. But I mean, once we get on the there, there is going to be another side of this. Like once we yes. once we get on the other side of the strike, I think it'll be the benefit for everybody involved. Agreed. Agreed. Ho- and hopefully so. Hopefully. Well, as it should be. Otherwise, like, as it should what, be, are these, yes. what are these people, you know, sacrificing their lives to be to become creatives? You know, it's not a, that's not an easy thing that they're doing. No, no, it's not. Right, let me get off my soapbox. We can keep, we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on from the writer's strike, the rest of the news is brought to you by streaming services. Hmm. We all got them. at least if you're listening to us you do (laughs) yeah exactly because if if you don't have a streaming service or any any one of the streaming service and you're listening to us you must really like movies that you don't want to (laughs) watch um but regardless we'll first start with the streaming news uh with netflix and we had talked about this particular conversation in in the past and now we see that they are moving one step closer to inevitably what might happen here but 
let's talk about the story. Netflix's crackdown to prevent account password sharing has officially begun as the streaming service announced a new extra member tier taking effect in the U.S. immediately. So as of right now, uh, Netflix said U.S. accounts who are suspected of password sharing will receive an email which says, in part, your Netflix account is for you and the people you live with in your household. If you want to share Netflix with someone outside of your household, you can use these features. And there's two that they listed. One, you can transfer a profile to a new membership that the other person will pay for. Or the second one, you can purchase an extra member where you can share your Netflix account with someone who doesn't live with you for $7.99 per month in addition to the cost of the main subscription that that will be paid for by the owner of the account. Netflix said it will start blocking devices after a certain period of time that attempt to access a Netflix account without properly paying. Customers on Netflix's standard plan can add one extra member and those on the premium plan can add up to two extra members. Netflix doesn't allow customers on its ad-supported plan to add an extra member. Ernesto. Well, that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that that this is where we're at. But they're going to see a weed-out effect. And mm-hmm. I've already seen some memes online that say, hey, you remember when Netflix kind of put Blockbuster out of business? Like, yeah. There's a lot of other streaming services that aren't doing what you're doing. That doesn't mean that they're not going to do it now. I think that right. they're maybe watching from afar and seeing what's going to happen. Seeing that, are they going to see a bump in membership? But Netflix has already been on the decline. Like, There's not mm-hmm. many... They get a. F- I mean, what's what's the main draw on Netflix right now? Well, as of right now, the biggest show that was on there, and it wasn't really that big, was Stranger. I'm sorry, uh, Beef. That was the last noteworthy com- like thing that we've talked about on Netflix, yeah. I believe. After that, I mean, I think the next big movie that they have coming up is uh, Extraction Two, starring Chris Hemsworth, oh, yeah. which comes out which comes out next month. Sure. Um, and right now they're having a pretty good. Uh, run with the mother that stars Jennifer Lopez, but I think that has something to do with Jennifer Lopez and less about Netflix per se. Mm. Um, but that was an original movie that was on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now they're not, they're not, they're not putting out shows that are creating headlines, and that's what gets people to to either keep your streaming service or to go up and sign up for it because you have these big shows that are coming out. Obviously, the biggest to come out of that is Stranger Things, which is on and hold be- right now for the writers' which is on <laughs> Exactly. So that's not coming anytime soon. Um, I'm trying to think of any big shows that are coming out, like upcoming seasons. And maybe Umbrella Academy might be coming. You know, that that's kind of big for them. Um, Sweet Tooth, which was a moderate success, just came out with the second season. But that's not getting any headlines. So, so yeah, there's nothing really on there at the moment that requires demand viewing as if maybe like another streaming service might have. So, but the fact that they're implementing and they're starting to implement to some accounts for now this extra seven ninety nine per month, obviously the 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 person is not going to pay for it. Yeah. Well, they're going to so, make a decision. They're like, right, right. Either I'm going to pay for it because it maybe it's cheaper for that person to be on their plan, and they can just transfer mm-hmm. them the eight bucks, or you know, whatever, whatever the whatever the case may be. It might be. It, that might be the more worthy thing or some other people might be like fuck it i don't need netflix anymore yeah. 
well, that that's a good point because I'll tell you what, the people who are not paying for it now are still not going to pay for it then with this restriction on here. You know what I mean? It's like they're not going to be like, well, they, they finally caught me. I guess I'll pay 20 bucks now. That's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> so, like, I don't know who this is for. I don't, I don't think this is going to go the way that Netflix wants it to go. Yeah. You might get some people paying the extra fee, but I feel like a good majority are not going to. And then you're going to lose viewership that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, you're not going to lose any subscribers because those were already attached to people. You know, they're, you're already password sharing, right? So, like, if the person keeps their Netflix account, that doesn't affect the person who's paying. You're just going to lose viewing numbers. You're not going to lose the subscriber. So, and then, so then, then what's the point? Exactly. Like, what 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 help are you doing to anybody at this point? Like someone's still paying for it. It's not like they're doing this illegally or anything. This is all within legal rights here. So, yeah, it's. I really hope that other streaming services don't adopt this. Yeah. Um, because I don't feel like there is a need for it. Me, me personally. Yeah. Because um, now everybody in this next month is going to really evaluate. Do I need Netflix? Right. Like, what's the point of having it? Like, if they're going to, like, it was, maybe it was beneficial when it was, you know, oh, we can share with everybody. There's a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But see, now yeah. that it's so restrictive, it's like, well, now let's really evaluate your content then. If you're really going to make it that restrictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, so we'll see what comes out of this. Right now, I'm really looking forward to the Q2 numbers uh, for Netflix when they do probably announce that, like how much it either went up or down. And Q1 I'm telling you what, <laughs> Q1, you're right, Q1 wasn't great. And I don't think Q2 is going to be any better, no. to be honest with you. But for those who are currently uh, not paying for Netflix, uh, that you might have to make a decision soon. <laughs> uh, it, at this point, if they catch you, because they said, they're, if if they suspect that you are password sharing, maybe you're doing a good job and they don't suspect you. What what are your thoughts? Would you would you be would you ever go no would you ever cut out Netflix? Would you would you be done with it? Would you be willing to go without it? I think right now I can probably go without it and then come back to it. Um, but as of right now, I'm on the side that it's it's within our household. Yeah. So I so it's not this this right here is not really affecting us at all. Mm. Um so because we are paying for it, it's not like we're grab- like, for example, Hulu, for example, we're not paying for it. we're taking that from my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also giving my mom Disney Plus in which I pay for. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a trade in streaming services is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, so that's just that's the name of the game that we're that we're playing right now. Um, so but right now the Netflix account is under ours. Mm. So uh, so this doesn't affect me personally. But say if I was on the other end of this. Again, I'll say the same thing. If I if I wasn't paying for it then, I probably won't pay for it now. And I'll probably invest into like a month's worth or two months worth instead of committing to it for like forever yeah. and keeping this as on permanent streaming service basis. Like a peacock thing. Like or not well yeah. actually no, not anymore. Um, there was one I remember maybe Peacock in the early, like when Peacock first came out. It was like, Oh, yes. we want to watch this thing. All right, we'll do one month. Yeah, and, or Paramount. Paramount was another example of that. Like we did when it was, um, what was it called before Parent? Was it CBS All Access? Yes, yeah. CBS All Access. Yeah, we yep. did that. We did that for a month, and then we were like, ah, nah, we don't need it. <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're good. And like, I think some people don't realize that they can do that. Like maybe they forget. Like, oh, once I lock it in, I have to lock it in. Like, no, you can 
sign up for a free trial for a week, keep it for a month, $20, $40, you know, depending on what you're paying for, especially Peacock. If you're doing the cheap $5 plan, that's what I have. I have the one with ads. Mm. It's like, it's five bucks. I don't mind doing an extra five bucks to keep Peacock around. But if anything happens, like that's the first one to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like I, I, I don't, I don't use it as much, but it's nice to have it when it's there. Yeah. Um, but there are some that I want to keep like Apple TV plus they've been pumping out great content at $7.99 a month. I have no reason to, to get rid of that anytime soon. I like a lot of Disney Marvel star Wars stuff. So I actually, I pay a year. I pay the year so I can, well, cause I know better, I'm not going to get that's rid a of better, it. That's a better bang for your book anyway. Exactly. So like, you know, I want, I want to use that Marvel posters around here, Ernesto. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the Marvel stuff. Um, so yeah, like I feel a lot of benefits there. It's like for me to keep it as of right now, we are, we have the, that well now it's called max, but we have max through our AT&T plan. So that's, so you get it same. for free there. No change. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah. No, no change. Right. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, it's like, we, we still got that. So like, I think that will become a decision later if for whatever reason that goes away. It's like, all right, well, do I, do I want to invest into that? Do I want to take another streaming service away? But right now we're going to just live in that benefit at the moment. Mm. Uh, HBO Max is where it, I mean Max is like if if I had to choose between Netflix and Max I would pick Max. I wish <laughs> yeah, I'm I, sure. I wish I could just call it HBO Max, but no. I know, right? It's just Max and it's blue. It's, <laughs> it's actually yeah. our blue. It's like the same color it's blue the same that we blue, use. Yeah. It's almost like they they copied it. I know, it right? Us. They're yeah. like we want the box office bingers. Hey, we are in the same color scheme. <laughs> just give us a show on your streaming service. We got right? you. you we, yeah, we're we're good. We, you want the box office blue? We got you. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, Netflix uh, is now taking the first steps to crack down on password sharing. Who knows if this is going to last? Who knows if they might up the price or if they're really going to be serious about this? You know, time will tell. But anyway, we, we talked about this before, but it's happening. Um, moving on from Netflix, we're talking about Paramount Global has announced the launch date for their new merged streaming service titled the the creative title of Paramount Plus with Showtime, uh, which will debut in the U.S. on June 27th, establishing it as the company's top tier streaming product without commercials um, and ads. Uh, Paramount Plus with Showtime will merge the content of both Paramount Plus and Showtime into one streaming service. As previously announced, Paramount Plus with Showtime, the the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan will cost seven eleven ninety nine per month, and at at the same time, the price for the Paramount Essential plan without Showtime will increase from four ninety nine to five ninety nine a month. By the end of 2023, the company plans to officially shut down the Showtime app. Yeah, I mean, why not? It only makes sense. It's just this yeah. is the another latest of a smaller company getting gobbled up by a bigger one. And like, hey, yeah. we'll just add you to us and we'll become this massive thing. Because then you still have, they still have the Showtime channel on cable. Yep. So that, I mean, exactly. that's not, that's not going away. So now just all their content is available on this, on this other app that they don't have to manage anymore. I mean, exactly. really, it's a win-win. Like, it doesn't, they're not really losing out. They still have their channel. They still have all their content. And now they're just in addition to this thing. And maybe that's why it's the Paramount with Showtime. But, like, what if they keep adding more? Is it just going to be, like, a list of each channel yeah. <laughs> they add to their service? <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, and they're not even, and I do like this plan because they're not even forcing you. Do you know, yeah. like, oh, if you have Paramount, you have to have Showtime. It's like, no, there's an option 
without the Showtime feature. And eventually, by it looks like June 27th, it will be now costing $5.99 a month with ads. That's not bad, Ernesto. It's really not. That's that's not that bad at all. Even for five bucks, that's still not bad. I mean, it's jumping to six, but I mean that's that's only a dollar. I mean, and then if you want both, you're doing for twelve dollars a month. Well, and let, so let's see what this conversation is in like two or three years. I know, right? Because right? because yeah. we've seen this before. Like, oh, they just had they just bumped it up a dollar. It's a like, dollar. Well, guess what? Like Netflix is now thirty dollars, and, <laughs> and HBO Max is twenty five. <laughs> you know. I, Honestly, when you think about it, Netflix is becoming lower and lower on the totem pole because as we know with Max, right? And we're, again, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but Max is just joined forces with Discovery, obviously under the new umbrella, Paramount with Showtime. Disney, as we talked about last week, will be merging their content with Hulu. Netflix is still Netflix. Yep. They so like at so this point- much. I, There's so much content on there. And it's like I, you yes. can't really fish. I don't, it's like- some of it is great and some of it mm-hmm. is not. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's funny because now, you know, as Netflix was the big fish and other streaming services were coming out looking to like, oh, we're just trying to meet up with Netflix. But now I feel like they're getting there. Give it by the end of the year and all these merging streaming services are coming together to be more, you know, more cohesive with one another with all the properties that they own. Then, yeah, this is going to be uh, an interesting climate like where does netflix stack up now does max now oversee netflix does does disney and hulu get better does paramount and showtime get better i mean right now we have netflix apple tv plus and peacock which are like the standalones but if you look at peacock though right it's like well we still we offer live programming we offer wwe content we offer the entire usa network so like there's stuff on there that they've already merged they're just not as well known Mm -hmm. as um, they also have the entire catalog of the Hallmark Channel, so like crazy, like it's like that's HBO Max was already like a, a like a huge, huge content-wise app, like had all the DC shit. It's not, mm-hmm. and now with all this, like I, I don't know. And you're grabbing an audience that's like that. What there? There's, a, I mean, you have a truly dedicated audience that watches like 90 Day Fiance and yeah, and like all those HG, all those HD TV shows. Like they're gonna, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's, it's like it's the same thing when the when they took, uh, I think it was a Young and the Restless off TV, and then now it's on, yes. now it's on Peacock. So it's now Peacock, you yep. have an audience that is dedicated to watching that that will go to the Peacock app just so that they can watch Young and the Restless. Absolutely, but it's that yeah. same. You're getting that same audience that those dedicated viewers that they're gonna go back and they're gonna be so much happier now. They go, oh, I can rewatch all my favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah, if they were, if they didn't have it already. And Netflix has a you know kind of climbing uphill battle because these other streaming services has that back catalog. Yeah, they can you know get their other stuff you know their channels and put them on the streaming service. Netflix you know it was always you know had an uphill battle of like we we're trying to create our own content, build our own brands, grab stuff that doesn't is not available on the other streaming services. So like yeah, they're working harder, but they're also I feel like they're a little bit of ego right now, but they don't realize that there are other streaming services out there that are just producing either better or just as much as you are and, and this is by speculation like they came out yes. as the original the kings they i mean obviously they ruled shit for a really long time and then all these other companies who were on the other side 
they learned. They watched them from, from afar <laughs> and learned how they go, you know, wow, that's a good like, idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. producing mm-hmm. original content. Yeah. Oh, that original content? Okay, okay, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. produce our own shit. That's a good man, that's yeah, that's people great idea. people great idea. we don't have to rely on TV channels or the theaters. Damn. Hmm. Let's create our own shit. And yeah. now they're doing it a lot better than Netflix is doing it. That's the problem. Yeah. They have these bigger names, these bigger IPs that while Netflix's original content is great, I mean, Stranger Things, massive, mm-hmm. massive property, extremely expensive to make, though. Yes, absolutely. Like, in order for Netflix to stand out, unfortunately for them, they need another success. Yeah. like They need it soon. Like Mike Flanagan's. All his horror stuff that he has on Netflix. That that's a, to me that's a draw. That would be like a draw to do it because I don't know. We're gonna have to make some decisions in this house on whether or not mm-hmm. we're still gonna be using Netflix on a monthly basis. And, and, and I'm leaning more funny. towards no. That's the, that's the right. that's the that's the part. That's the funny part. Like, and you know what's funny is that that Netflix lost Mike Flanagan. He's now Prime well, right? once. Yeah, he went to Prime. That's right. That's right. So. All right, that I mean, we don't need you. We don't need you anymore. (laughs) Jeff Bezos said, "Hey, (laughs) hey, you make good horror shit. Come over here. (laughs) Hey, we, you want to play with some Lord of the Rings too? Let's do this right now. Come on over, Mike. Come on. Um, but yeah, I mean, and even even Amazon Prime, though it doesn't have a, a rich catalog, but like two shows already, it has." Well, right now it has the Lord of the Rings that did, you know, fairly well. It has the boys mm-hmm. that is just killing it right now. Invincible. It has the Mar- Invincible, the Marvelous, the Marvelous Miss Maisel, just wrapping up Jack Ryan. It's also wrapping up Marvelous Miss Maisel. But, like, they're in the conversation. Like, when they get a hit, it it, it works really well for, for Prime. And they don't even need it. They don't True. need it. They have, they have the whole – like, on top of you getting Prime Video, you can also – you're getting uh, prime shipping. Exactly. So, so it's like so you like get this whole super. other incredible service, and then they just fucking here's a here's a streaming service for you. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Everyone else is doing it. Why not? Why not? Here you go. You know well, what else Jeff Bezos is doing? Sending shooting off rockets. Like <laughs> he's, yeah. he's 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 barely in the streaming game, and he's still yeah. kind of killing it. Because that would yeah. be one that if I had to get rid of another one, I would think about Prime. But it's like oh, but. I already have Prime shipping, so it's like I can't get rid exactly. of it. It's like it are, it's like it's already there, whether I wanted to or not. So like that would, even though it would be the next one, subjectively to me on the list to get rid of, sure. like it wouldn't be because it wouldn't happen because. It, and, <laughs> and that's where they get you. They're like, well, you don't want to not have Prime shipping. It's like, well, I mean, oh we're kind of right. I mean, and then meanwhile, he, like nice. you, <laughs> yeah, right. And then meanwhile, like you said, he's Bezos not even thinking about Prime. He's like shooting rockets up in the air, and then he's like, someone probably like before he go before he goes up in the rock, he's like, hey. You want Thursday night football? Yeah. All right, sure. At, like how much? Is like billions? Like okay. All right. Didn't they also do the CMT awards? They did some other they did some uh, other live they live streamed some other live event. Either some kind of concert or uh, I remember we talked it, about it. It's I, I think CMT went to Paramount. Like I think they I think they had that award show. Maybe maybe the maybe the Grammys might have been on Prime. I'm not sure exactly what was on there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they know how to do it. They're doing it well too. Mm, they've done it before. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I, the big thing now is that Thursday night football is coming there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and yeah, yeah, and they and I think they signed like a, a 11 year contract with that, so it's going to be around for a while. Like the whole millions of dollars changing, which is which is especially with all these major changes, it's great to see that the writer strike is happening amidst all mm-hmm. these other amidst these landscape changes, just like yeah. dynamically the way we even look at content and like just everything that's happening. Like it's yeah, I'm here for it. It's awesome. And then also just, just a reminder, if you have, uh, Apple, I'm sorry, not Apple. If you have Walmart, their subscription service, it comes with free Paramount plus That's right. as well. So if you want to even bundle it even further than that, you can get Walmart plus with Paramount plus as well. I think it's just their, their what they call the essential plan. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting it with Showtime, but still, if you want to, bu- it's, it's another bundle. Thing. It's the same. We're all doing bundles yeah, here. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting. So, so there you go. If you if you currently have Paramount with Showtime, um, it looks like it's going to be. If you don't, if you don't have Paramount with Showtime, because I think right now you can still do it. I think they're just making this an official now mm-hmm. because they're already implementing this. Um, because I have Paramount as well as Showtime, um, right now, and so yeah, so it looks like it's going to cost twelve dollars a month, or if you want to revert it down to whatever plan you have and you don't want Showtime, six bucks a month, half the cost. Anyway, so that all that change in is coming. And while we're on the topic of streaming, uh, just as a reminder, as of Tuesday, uh, May 23rd, so uh, at the time of this recording, it was two days ago, HBO Max is officially gone. If we haven't already told you on this podcast already, another reminder, HBO Max is no more and has been rebranded into a new streaming service called Max, which will combine the content of HBO Max and Discovery+. Plus. Uh, the Mac streaming service will require a separate download to a brand new app. That's the one we weren't sure of. Mm. I thought that HBO Max just would have been like an update on your phone. Like, hey, you have to update it and then it would just be Max. Nope, they're doing a whole brand new streaming service. So if you haven't done so already and, and you decide to click on the HBO Max app, it's not going to work. Yeah. You're going to have to download the Max app and then re re-sign in using your HBO Max account information um and then it will be right back where it was and all your saved content and everything is still be there it's like a like a soft rebrand like it's doing less work you just have to download the new app it looks like they just expanded the original app and changed the color scheme (laughs) that's it because the functionality is pretty much exactly the same exactly yep yep i got the same thing over here um the Max streaming service, and I already said that, uh, Max will feature 35,000 hours of programming, more than double than what was available on HBO Max. Max's expanded streaming menu includes the addition of hundreds of episodes from Discovery Plus shows. According to Warner Brothers Discovery, the service will continuously be updated with fresh content, averaging more than 40 new movie titles and TV seasons per month which is crazy to think about. Um, Max will continue to serve as the streaming home for HBO Originals, Warner Brothers Films, and now Max Originals. Uh, Again, just as a reminder, Max with ads is now $9.99 per month. Max ad-free is $15.99 per month. And Max unlimited ad-free, that includes... I'm sorry, ultimate ad free with the 4K Ultra AD HD content is $19.99 per month. So um, right now I'm pretty sure, Ernesto, as because I first thing I did is was I uh, re-download the app, I put in the information, make sure we're all good on that. And it is the highest tier. Mm. 
So it is the one with the 4K, which is what I was it, I was worried about. I was, hoping, I was like, yeah, because then like, what yeah. are they going to charge you for? But hey, AT and T's got your back on that one, I guess. That's right. Yes, indeed they do. And also, I was worried because AT and T made sense when when AT and T owned it, like owned Warner Brothers. So like, you get free HBO Max because your parent company was AT and T. So when Discovery bought it, I was like, damn, we're going to lose it. Because it's no longer the company, but maybe that's an existing contract that's been that you know that's still going to be there, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Or maybe it's like that for now. <laughs> I know, I know. They're like, "Fuck I'm wh- you guys!" <laughs> <laughs> like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, nice, well, lasted. Yeah, huh? got pay up, sir. Get out of here, see. <laughs> <laughs> we want you twenty dollars a month. You see. <laughs> <laughs> no more freebies you see yeah <laughs> yeah i'm done We're, we need to stop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah so i'm happy that this 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 uh this 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 thing is still happening at&t subscribers if you have the unlimited plan you get the max unlimited ad free 4k yes we're good um and also as as per launch uh shazam fury of the gods is now available to stream on max as well as other new programming that is coming throughout the month as well. What should you check out? It was a fun movie. We reviewed it. It was a fun movie. We fun. did review it. It was fun. Uh, we had Esteban on the show. It was a lot, a lot of good, good time. times. Um, and if you're looking to see what is new to streaming, it's like, oh my god, you guys are talking about streaming for like 30 minutes now. Jesus. Oh, I, I don't know what. I don't know what's on the streaming service. Hey, it's okay. We got you covered. There's reasons. We we know all these things because if you go to our social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers and our Facebook page at box office bingers, not only will we tell you what's new to streaming at the top of the month, we'll tell you every Friday. We call it new to stream Fridays. We let you know every Friday what new content is coming to all of the streaming services. And then if you want a little bit more detail, we have it on a post of what is available, at least all the original content that's available on the, each individual streaming service. So we got you. Gotcha. We got you. It's all there on our social media channels. Go check those out if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, so there you go. That's all the entertainment news we have for you guys this week. As always, and I will say this again, you can find all of this information on our social media channels, on Instagram at boxoffice underscore bingers, and on our Facebook page at boxofficebingers. We'll post all the latest and breaking news over there first, and then we'll come back to the show and we'll talk about it. But for now, as of right now... <laughs> We are diving in. Ernesto, I'm ready. Oh, I bet. Your engines are Uh, revved up. (laughs) Oh, man. Like we mentioned, we are skipping what you're watching this week. So with that, we are diving right into our spoiler review of Fast X, a.k.a. Family Family. to the extreme. (laughs) Oh, man. Ernesto, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on Fast X? (sighs) Matt? It was not good. <laughs> come on, Ernie, come on, no! This movie was terrible. What do you what mean? What are you talking about? It was no. What do you no, mean, I no? It. I don't believe. But it. you I know what? I really, it. it's just I, these, these movies because these movies are not for me. That's just it is because I remember the original one, and I was like, oh, this is good. I like the original. But then we evolved, and what's actually really funny is Alan Richardson during the movie goes into this thing where he's making fun of the fact that we came from humble beginnings but then over yeah. time they they've been able to do things like defy like they the movie spends time again as we did in the last one making fun of themselves which yes. which I, you know what that's cute i 
I guess this, but I think what it is is I think these movies are made for like like tweens, like young, like not necessarily like teenagers, but not like little kids, like somewhere in that middle part, like like a like a young pubescent boy, like a like a twelve year, <laughs> like you know what I mean, like like a preteen, like a preteen kid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, come on, the whole John Cena death scene. I mean, a little cheesy. That a little Matthew. He literally reverses his car rockets to <laughs> catapult himself over, and he just holds this thing. He holds his uh, his chain and holds the ceiling. Goes, this is for you, dumb. He <laughs> just goes up in a fire mess, and everybody's like, "Damn, that sucks!" And just fucking drives around him. <laughs> I mean, because earlier, you know, Dom threw his car into this giant bomb ball that almost blew up the Vatican <laughs> and knocked it into the river. He couldn't figure something else clever out so that everybody could live. Or what about when he was telling his son to really feel the car? And then that translated into opening the car doors and do, doing some kind of spin move where he leapt from one car to the other car. These are things that happened in the movie. Like, I didn't make this shit up. Like, this actually happened. I loved it. I bet you did. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was just so cheesy. There were a couple of good. There was a couple of good fight scenes. I really, I really liked Alan Richardson in this movie. I, I really like him as an actor, and I just think, like, it wasn't to me. He wasn't. He was like the most non. He was the non cheesiest thing about this movie. Even That's Jason fair. Momoa was a little cheesy. I mean, like the, a little. I mean, the one-liners, like uh, it was so, his like his like weird outfit changes that he would go through in the movie. It was just, I don't know. It was just, it was it was a little strange, man. And then Jason, hold on, and let's let's not forget that this is not even a full movie. I feel like we only watched half. I literally watched the whole movie. I go, damn, this whole movie feels like an act one. It was two hours. <laughs> And 20 minutes of an act one. And like, there was no maybe it's a three part. It is 100% a three part. And it's already made, it's already made its budget back in opening weekend. So it's definitely going to, the the second part is already greenlit. But they're more than likely going to greenlit the, the, the final, the final one. What the hell was Jason Statham's purpose in this movie? To find out that who that late who who's that is that lady his mom? And there's a, I guess yeah, there's a lot of Mary. there's a lot of things that you have to I guess I need to be explained because I didn't rewatch nine Fast and Furious movies to lead into this one. Did you? Did you do the full binge? I did not. No, that's way too much. That's way too much to me to, to keep up with. But I mean, I, obviously, I've seen them. Uh, but I just watched a thirty minute video that went over like uh, like broad strokes. Just just as a refresher. I, sh- I like, probably should have done that. Because it was, yeah. I felt, there were times I was like, I can kind of figure it out. Like, was it significant that we saw Gal Gadot at the end of the movie? Yeah. Because I <laughs> yeah, was like, was. I was like, that's cool. Is she new? <laughs> wow, you don't remember, do you? No. <laughs> she she was in four, and so she was not in four. She was in five, six. She was in five and six. She she supposedly died at in the end of six. Okay, cool. And now she's not. And now dead. she's not dead. She's here like to save the team. Other, and just like every other person who who have faked a death, 
or as we thought had died, but then they found a way to bring them back. If it, like if Michelle it ha- Rodriguez. If it happened off screen, it didn't actually happen. AKA the whole team getting shot down at the end of the movie. Right. Let's, yeah. It's And let me and then my final agree this is the most egregious point that I have about this movie. The entire opening of this damn movie was a recap. Of, fa- of like the whole franchise basically and like we basically rewatched the end of the was it four or five five we five. watched we've rewatched the end of five with yeah. like what do we need we don't like i understand to give the homage to paul walker but it felt a little forced to see him in the movie and i like how the rock was in this movie but not he wasn't actually in this movie they just showed old clips of him <laughs> So yes, okay. So there, you're you're saying a lot, right? Because it was you're, because it really bothered me. I was like, why are we rewatching the end of this other movie with this? Okay. Like, we could have just gotten the movie was two hours and twenty minutes. You're gonna tell me yes. that couldn't have been chopped down to like a three or four minute addition to what we already know in the past. Otherwise, why watch the end of that? It just like you're supposed to just give us a little background context, not relive yes. the entire moment again. So. With that, I thought the trailer did a really good job of like saying, hey, this is this person's son. I, I don't remember names. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I just know them by their actor names. We're just going off of that. But the villain in, in Fast Five, uh, he, he died at the end of Fast Five, I believe. And so he had a son, keeping it within the family. Mm-hmm. Dante. Right? And Dante, thank you. And I agree with you. I don't know why we needed a full 10 minutes of a recap of the end of, the, of, of Fast Five. And I do agree with you that it's a little odd to see old clips of Paul Walker just just to give us context that Jason Momoa was there the entire time. Like the whole the whole that whole 10 minutes was just to give us a different point of view that he was around during like it, they, they shoehorned him in here. Yeah. Like they, they retconned him. Sorry, that's the word. They yeah. retconned Jason Momoa into the events that happened in the fifth movie. And for some reason, they needed to show all of that. I don't think we need to go that far. We could have seen clips. Uh, of even of when, when we were learning about Jason Momoa's backstory, um, so yeah, I do, I, I, I can agree with you there. That, that was a little much. Jason Momoa's performance was r- an interesting choice. It very, very. It, it felt off the entire time for me. You know what it reminds me of? Chris Evans in that as the villain in that other action movie we fucking watched. <laughs> oh, um, uh, uh, the one with uh, Ryan Gosling. Yes. Uh, the gray man. Gray man. Yes. It felt, and honestly, it, do, you know what he reminds me of? They correct me, tell me if I'm wrong. Jason Momoa is Dante, right? Oh, Dante was the character, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was a cross between the Joker and Captain Jack Sparrow. The Jack Sparrow, I can see with his demeanor, like kind of just the way he was carrying himself and kind of, yeah. but I uh, I could see that because of the psychotic nature of how he like got his crew. Yeah, yes. I I could see that. It was, I mean, there were certain things I liked. Some of the action scenes, some of the action scenes were really cool. Obviously, you know, Vin Diesel driving down the Hoover Dam as it's about to explode <laughs> was and it was a choice, even though we saw it in the trailer. But well, it's funny. I never saw that in the trailer. That was new to me. I guess I must have skipped that one. Because I, I never saw that moment in the trailer. Which I was forced to see. Which, you know, I just get so mad because I just got forced to see... The, I got to see in like a like a, like a a detailed Flash trailer. Another one. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, my gosh. Why am, I, why am I watching this? Like, there's so much... You're telling me so much information. 
So, as you know, I like to watch the first one. I like to get the vibe. I want to see a little bit of some some. Now, the other ones, especially when it's right, when it's closer to the release, I don't want to see any of it. And they keep putting out, like, main officials and final trailers and everything. Um, you know what I do in the theater? I just close my eyes. I'm going to have like, to start doing that. Like, it, it seems yeah. kind of, like, weird to be like, like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Like, sitting there with his yeah. eyes closed and his ear covered his ears. But they're just, yeah. they're giving us, give us other trailers. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather watch a fuck another commercial for your theater than watch uh, um, yeah. these extra main trailers. But the problem is the studios pay for them. They yeah, they're paying they for them to be pushed out, and these theaters got to get paid. So they're not going to say no. They're going to put yeah. on what they're going to put on the screen whatever the whatever the company send them. Yeah, I either look at my phone or because like, obviously I can hear it, but I feel like that's that's something I can live with. I can hear what's going on, but I really don't want to see it mm. because the odds of me remembering certain dialogues from a trailer is going to be really really slim when I when it comes to me actually watching it. So yeah, I just stop I just stop paying attention onto the screen, especially for the big ones that I know I'm going to watch. I don't want it to be spoiled for me, and they just like they just put so much content on there they just want you to hey go see my movie here's here's we're spoiling everything the fact that they put the hoover dam in there that's the final shot of the movie yes why would you do that because we got to it i said oh is this is the part where he's going to drive down the dam as it's like kind of exploding it's like i remember seeing this part i said this is when it happens and i was like oh mm, there it is (laughs) that's crazy um the giant ball. Let, let's go over some of the action. Yeah. The, the giant ball thing was probably one of the more ridiculous things that happened in this movie, for sure. Mm, like, uh, among, I, among everything else, I, I, I think that was the, one of the most ridiculous things of them just driving down, stopping this bomb going off. And it looks like that uh, Dom's vehicle went out of that without a scratch. Yeah, he was able to hook his car to a crane, <laughs> flip around... And then hit this ball so it can get so it can not not kill not blow up the Vatican, and yeah. then he was like, oh, "Everything's good," and just fucking drove away like everything was yeah. like everything was okay. Like no, that car is not drivable. How are you alive? <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> Why is your car not exploded? And what is the what is to say about the material on the outside of that bomb? Like, <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I really enjoyed this movie. I know and, you and did, not, was, and I don't mean to shit on it so hard. No, no, no. I, 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 I applaud it. I, <laughs> I really do, Be- because like I know it's not for everybody, and I appreciate that. I know that you are only we're only doing this episode because of me. Yeah. This is a self indulgent thing, and I appreciate that's it. That's fine. Um, you watch shit um, for me all the time too, so it's it's okay. <laughs> um, the thing I liked about this movie, and I think this was, I, I would say it this way: if Fast Nine was a step backwards, I felt like the story was all over the place. It really, really didn't really make any sense. This Fast X did a really – I think it did a way better job with the story of it. No matter how ridiculous it is, I was able to keep up with everything that was going on. I think that splitting it into four parts helped with that a little bit. We were getting the action with Vin Diesel or maybe pushing the story forward with him and Dante. And then we're getting the comic relief with Ludacris and Tyrese. And then we're going over to whatever Michelle Rodriguez and – and uh Sharon um, was doing and what's the fourth one and then we had which honestly i think this is the best part of the movie john cena and dom's kid yeah that's what i mean it was like that the movie is catered to like that little kid that's who this movie yeah. was catered to because that whole like buddy cop like calming the kid down i was like oh this is like this is like a, it's like in a kid's action film that's exactly yes. like how have i never not seen i guess but at that, because it, it wasn't always that before. I mean, you look at no. Ja Rule when he's racing, I think, in like the first or second one, and he's yeah. like 
you know, you see girls with big asses, you know, and he's Monica, threesome, like, you know, yeah. like that, but this, that is the, they're two different feels, like completely, yes. like you wouldn't even recognize that they were from the same franchise just by the way, the style of how the films, of what they've evolved into. Yeah. And honestly, you, you think about it, you can ignore the first four movies because even though we're stealing characters who originated from the first one and the second one and the third one. Those movies are totally different. Yeah. It it started with five of like how crazy the action can be. And when you go back to five, it's like, wow, that's pretty grounded. Even though they were racing a, a a safe through the streets of Brazil. But you look at back that and like, no, oh, you know what? Compared to everything else that's been happening, not too bad anymore. I th- <laughs> but I think that was when maybe people were naive like oh like it it was still a racing movie but they were like oh yeah. like i wonder like the first time people watch it because this is like you know pre everybody on the internet as much as mm-hmm. they are now so it's yeah. like people watching like oh i wonder if that is possible and it's like oh that's total bullshit it can never fucking happen yeah <laughs> like no no it's way. Like, oh c- come on come on guys especially when he uses the safe to like whip the car around and then he yeah. kicks the nas on you're like okay (laughs) like like it was a little like i was a little crazy and then it's it's been like that it's like you know what that's like it's like netflix raising their prices it's like little by little (laughs) it's like every step just got a little bit just pushing it a little bit further (laughs) um and they do i mean i think that's also part of the fun of it and the reason why i i lean into it like it i i think I was watching these movies at a different time and now it's just a reminder of how like crazy this is and not for nothing, right? For a franchise that's not originated by anything. It, it, it was just a movie. This isn't an IP. It turned into one, yeah. but it originated from a movie standpoint and to have 10 films later, that's not an easy thing to do to, to grow found its audience you know for it to grow in in a ridiculous way that it is and to keep pushing that envelope the way that it does you know i applaud them for that right now we're getting 11 possibly 12 movies at the end of this and i think that's what like people love people either hate watch it and i don't really hate Mm -hmm. watch it i just i just think it's so off the rails but i think that's the point is that they call it out in the movie they realize how ridiculous they are and that and they that's because they they bring in the audience in on the joke like hey yes we understand it's ridiculous like if you're a stra- if you're in for it strap in and you know look this this past weekend according at least according to wikipedia here is 348 million opening weekend yeah. as of now like worldwide worldwide but that's the thing mm-hmm. they they've expanded in other they do better in other in other markets with this film yeah and they have obviously yeah. um but i th- i think it's just kind of leaning into like hey we're going to sit back with a bo- with a bucket of popcorn and we're gonna have a good time with this, no matter how ridiculous it is. At this point, they there's nothing they can do in this movie that's gonna surprise me because I've already think they've already went to space in the last movie. So why am I gonna think anything different that they will uh, do anything crazy? And the fact that they didn't go to space is probably a better thing. But I think they were able to 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 finagle a story together that I was. I was I was it was worth investing into. I will agree with you on that. I mean, regardless, put aside all of the ridiculousness. I mean, the plot was interesting. Like to be honest, mm-hmm. I did not see the Alan Richardson. I didn't see that plot twist. Oh, I was yeah. actually like, oh shit! Like oh, through yeah. because I was so enthralled with all the ridiculous shit that I didn't think. I, I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't occur to me that they would do that. And it it was a yeah. good. It was actually a good plot twist. So there are some good elements, but. Talking about like their success, uh, Alan Richardson, 
he posted a he made an Instagram mm-hmm. post that I kind of want to reference. So and it and I think it it calls to the success of the film because everybody in the movie, like nobody's phoning it in. Everybody's ha- regardless. Everyone's everybody's having a good time. On. Everybody looks. Every, you could tell that the people on film they are enjoying what they're doing, and I think that yes. that lends to success. So. He says, it's Saturday of opening weekend, and Fast Sex is already the number one movie in the world. Thank you to everyone who's enjoyed it already. I don't think this franchise would be near as successful without the enduring love Vin Diesel has in in his personal life for the themes talked about in the movie. I've worked on a lot of sets, and each one has its own unique personality, for better or worse. Some can be quite hostile, hostile to the families of the creatives involved in the film. This, and in parentheses, this has been true for me. Like they're seen as a distraction rather than a foundation. That kind of attitude can be felt by the cameras. I'm sure of it. Ultimately, this is felt by the audience too. But Vin makes every day on set a safe space for those who sacrifice so much to support what we do. My family has the wackiest life. Our boys are mostly homeschooled. They have to reckon with a new house or hotel every few months. We struggle to give them a community or, or friends. They will be stronger for it in the long run, I'm sure, but life in this business is hard on a family. Every every time his amazing wife and kids were coming to set, he'd let me know so his he tagged his wife and my boys could come and hang out with them. He'd send a driver to go get them from the hotel so they could relax on the way over. The memories they all made together will last a lifetime. Everything about the process of this film was cool. All to all that to say, I suspect Vin's real life admiration for family is being felt and enjoyed by our extended fast family around the world. Just wanted you to know, just want you to know what your feeling is real. Hashtag grateful. That hmm. is a, I mean, the, I could feel the emotion in that statement. It felt mm-hmm. very real, and he and the picture is of him and Vin and their kids in the back of in the back of this van. Like. Mm-hmm. You're gonna feel much better at work knowing that your kids are taken care of. They're Absolutely. not being stressed out. Like they're having a good time. You're able to, like, I mean, that's a smart move because you know that creatively that you'll be able to flow much better without that worry on your head about your family. And yeah. obviously, family's important to Vin Diesel. Yeah. He obviously, can't, I mean, literally, he literally carries that brand through life and through the film. Like that's the message he's trying to get across. So you know what? As ridiculous as it is, I'm here for it. Like, even though it was bad, like I'm here. For, I'm here for the fast movies. This post kind of encapsulates like what we need to see for the way that like a Vin Diesel creative puts sets a standard for his productions. Like that should mm-hmm. be a standard. Or, that should be an industry standard. Like you should be taking care of the families of the people who are working on your film. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, if they're happy, then you have a better attitude on set and they can put out a better performance. That's what this is all about. You know, the safety as well of everybody. But you're also doing these death defying stunts. You don't want to be stressed out when you're getting, you know, strapped up in the air and, you know, driving all these cars and everything. You want to feel safe when you're doing so. Um, and you, I mean, it also just a testament of all these people are continuously to coming back. Sure, they're getting a paycheck out of it, but like Michelle Rodriguez, Jason Statham, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Natalie and um, M-U- and what is it? M. M. Well, Emmanuel, Natalie, Natalie, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Charlize Theron coming back, Sung Kang coming back. You know, all these people are coming back and they've been around for a while 
there, there's a reason for that. They, you know, they're, they're making a billion dollar franchise, and they, uh, they're having a good time on set. So why not? Why, why not, not come back and do one? And yeah, like, you know what? We don't fucking let's go do another fast movie. Let's go. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's, it's making money. Um, you got, we got two additions, obviously. Well, we have more than two, but um, Alan Richman, I, I loved his, I loved his character in the movie. I think he complimented it very well. A hundred percent. I think he, like, I, and to me, I think is what he his character and the way he portrayed it elevated the film mm-hmm. i think he wasn't distracted I, th- I even liked brie larson in this movie i had no qualms with her whatsoever her role was brief but you know she did what she needed to do she was the the daughter of mr nobody and that was played by kurt russell in the previous films um and we also noticed that alan, alan richardson is the son of mr nobody as well were they brother and sister i believe so uh i think they were brother and sister in the movie um no i'm sorry scott scott eastwood mm. no 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 no. that's also wrong scott eastwood was like his they call him little nobody yeah mm. that, that's the name in the credits <laughs> little nobody he was like the uh no so, so maybe not they weren't brother and sister he was just part of a different like a higher up organization alan alan rich richmond ones as ames um but regardless um even scott uh scott eastwood came back for a little small role before he got i guess out of commission so to speak mm. um yeah, John. I I feel like the inclusion of John Cena and Charlize Theron was just keeping that family together. Their their impact to the film wasn't big, but they helped move the story along and get some other things going. Of how how and also just it just showcased that a lot of people are in it. How big this franchise is, mm. how massive all of these characters are coming together, and it's not easy. I mean, you can call this an Avengers level movie, so to speak, when you're trying to balance all these different characters that you've grown up with. And you've been watching since the early 2000s. Where do you go from there? Right. And how do you still make that interesting? And I think they still were able to do that in this movie. Yeah. I agree. Like every everyone was was being used to their strengths. And even Tyrese Gibson had a little bit of a moment. He's like, I'm the leader now. I'm the leader. And then like they, they let him through these weird areas. And this the whole thing with Pete Davidson was also a little strange. Yeah. I mean, his little weird cameo. I mean, he was just to get his ass beat. Like... <laughs> It was, it was, um, why? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I guess just to give him a cameo, I guess. Just I to give know. him a cameo. Yeah, I mean, last year, it's honestly, to be honest, it's a better cameo than Cardi B in the last movie. I I would much rather Pete <laughs> Davidson than Cardi B. So, yeah, there's that. Um, I think that scene was, was, was funny for what it was, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and yeah, I think they were able to, again, I think they were able to play around with everything pretty well you had the rematch of of han and uh what's jason statham's character's name uh han and shaw yeah han and shaw we had the rematch there from which i feel like is like second nature at this point that was like the the the, the end credits sting of f9 that they were going to reunite and you had a battle and then like with everything else you're part of the family you take a couple of hits and then you start working together it is yeah. what it is i like how they all fight their bones are all made out of steel they all yes. fight <laughs> beat the shit out of each other and they get up like like what didn't Charlize Theron throw Michelle Rodriguez into a fucking table yeah yeah <laughs> like, and then she and then, just got up like ugh, ugh, and then just climbed up the elevator shaft like all right see you later <laughs> and there is like this thing with lasers like this claw was coming after them and they had to go against that after the fight it's like that was a cool is, fight scene though that was cool that was cool I mean even Charlize Theron just because of there was a bigger fish out there 
He's like, well, I guess I'm going to join the family. I got nowhere else to go. They, he just took my people. So, like, it's a little things. Like, all right, now Charlize Theron is part of the family now. What the hell? Everyone's part of the family now. Which I was more appreciative of, though, however, was that I feel like Jason Momoa, whether it be in uh, with one more movie or two more movies, that he will hopefully just stick as the bad guy. As more more people than not end up just – they were the bad guy in the movie. Like, like The Rock, he was the bad guy in five. Friends by six. Um, Hobshaw's brother, I believe, is Luke. Uh, not Hobshaw. Uh, Shaw's brother. Because there was, I think, Luke Hobbs. No, that, that's Luke Hobbs. What, what was it? Was who was he played by? You're asking the wrong person, man. Sorry. <laughs> hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a pause here. Furious Six. The villain in Fast and Furious Six was Luke Evans, who played Shaw. Mm. Uh, and that was the movie where they introduced that Letty was not dead after all. And so um, so Luke Evans came in and then I believe something happened with his brother. And then at the end of six, they introduced uh, um, Jason Statham as his brother, as well as Heron, Helen Mirren as the mother. Either it was in seven or eight, they introduced it. But either way, you had you had uh, Luke Evans, who was the villain in six, and you had uh, Jason Statham, who was a villain in seven by eight. They were both part of it. Charlize Theron was the villain in eight. And then she was kind of the villain in nine. And now she's part of the family here. Jason state, uh, sorry, John Cena was a villain in nine and now he's part of the family here. So that was the trend that you were getting at. And now we see Jason Momoa, which I don't think he's part of the family. He's, he's out for revenge. No. And I, which I liked at the end. I mean, Alan Richardson made it a point at the end of the movie. He told him, he goes, that's the problem. You think everybody just joined your family and like, you know, you didn't even realize that I would try to double cross you. And it's funny because I think the audience was like, oh shit. Like maybe that's why we, it took us all for a loop. It took me for a loop because I wasn't, I was not expecting that because mm-hmm. that's not usually what happens. Like you just, yeah. he's a part of the family now. Yeah. And, and I think again, the, for the movie being self-aware for what it is kind of making fun of itself, it's, it was also self-aware as like. Yeah, this is the trend we've been doing, but we're going to go off of that a little bit. We're actually going to have a real villain this time. And that's I was able to go on board with it. I didn't like Jason Moe's decision on his acting. Um, but, you know, it was what it was. And he was he was menacing. He was threatening to the family. Like it, he, he, his, he poses his acting a threat. Didn't even bo- his acting didn't even really bother me that much because I felt like he was just playing the part. It's fair because yeah. I I mean that whole scene I actually enjoyed that scene where he he comes up on Charlize Theron and you know he learns that he's got the whole he's got all their families held hostage mm-hmm. I was like damn that's some that's some dark shit yeah <laughs> and then you just see the instant change but it but in that moment it made they made it make sense like it, yeah it, they made it work and I and I think like that part of it he played well just there was just too much extra theatrics with him like when Absolutely. they're rolling the ball and he's like ooh you guys are dark we're gonna blow up the Vatican it's like ooh you're not gonna go that way <laughs> yeah also there was a whole unnecessary scene where he's talking to like deceased men in like a lawn chair oh like, they were, yes yes they were like rotting like that did not need to be there at all. That, I, but a, I think that plays into – I think you hit that point really well is that maybe some 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 uh, some inspiration from the Joker. That, I like, right. like now that you say it and kind of exploring it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. It's best, especially, uh, specifically that scene since, mm-hmm. you know, it, other than us seeing him talk to dead people, it literally serves no purpose. Right. Absolutely. Um, we have um, another um, – what's her name? Um, Daniela Melcher, 
Machor, um, who played Isabel, who played um, she was so that's also rat catcher number two, <laughs> um, who was she just had a, a, a scene in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, so she's oh, doing right. pretty well right now. Um, and she played uh, the sister of Dom's oh, yeah. baby mama who died at the end of eight or right. at the mid in the in the mid mid eight, who was also introduced in five. So it's <laughs> it's a lot going on there. But then. But, um... What, I thought I heard that there, there was a cameo from uh, Paul Walker's daughter. Wasn't she? Didn't she make a cameo in the film? I didn't see where that was. I, I did read an article saying that she was. There was a cameo from her. I didn't know where that was in the movie. To be honest with you, there was nothing that stood out in a way that this like, oh, this is a cameo. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, even Jordana Brewster had a very small scene in like very small part of the movie where she was like fighting to protect she was like taking care of dom's son and then the people infiltrated infiltrated she was doing a couple fighting scenes john cena comes in kicks some more ass she's like i gotta go help brian and then leaves and then the kids with john cena for the rest of the movie yeah so they still and they still keep brian and i just that's so interesting that he's Mm -hmm. he's not alive in real life but you're keeping him alive within the series with the series. The, the series and even in his send-off he had already passed away at that point yes he did yeah uh, i because right now we are three movies we eight nine and ten he he was passed away for um and like his send-off was seven so and that and seven made a billion dollars because of it. a lot of people want to see his last performance um so i don't i don't know i mean i feel, feel like it's at this point it's weird if they decide to kill him off for no reason I guess you just gotta, you know, stick with it until, until the end. Like that, he's just like you made you made that bed, make a reference here or there, or you don't have to. No one's forcing you to make the reference. And either way, it was just uh, apparently it's okay. Jake, so this is I guess she's in the scene where John with John Cena and the son. Jacob has to get to Dom's son, has to get Dom's son Brian to Portugal, so they hop on a plane. However, a flight attendant played by she was a flight attendant. Oh, the played by Meadow places three bottles of vodkas in Jacob's tray, indicating they're the drinks that Jacob ordered. I remember who she was. She grabs a nephew, then they go to yes, the bathroom, and they beat yep. up the guys. Okay, so she was a flight yes. attendant. I get, I, I missed that. The flight attendant. Yes, I missed it too. Also, that was ridiculous of him, like them just going in the back of the plane and going into like this raft thing and just... just it became like this high-tech to... fucking plane thing. You know what was really cool? Yeah. See, that, I thought that was funny. The whole play on like, it's all about fast cars and you go to John Cena and you expect him to have the truck and you pull up in this, yes. little, this little ass car with the raft <laughs> on top that's actually like a, a freaking like plane. Like It's like a glider plane. Yeah. It's a boat. Like, why don't you just take that thing? <laughs> yeah. What, and honestly, I really enjoyed John Cena's performance in this movie because I feel like that's what he – I mean, even his whole thing with WWE, like he, he's playing to kids, True. right? The kids love him. And so even some of his movies that he's done, it's more for kid-oriented you know, content. Um, and so now you have this movie, which he does pretty much the same thing, and he's a likable character. It's like it's almost like I never believed you you were a bad guy because your other movies never said you were like the bad guy, like this tough, rigid whatever. But now you have he, – his character's a complete 180, and I think it was for the better. He had great scenes with the kid. It was like kind of just like I'm with Uncle 
Uncle uh, Uncle John Cena. <laughs> um, and, it, and it was great. And then, like, I think his sacrifice was a little cheesy. I didn't think it needed to be there. Um, but, you know, it's whatever. You know, it's whatever for the movie. I, honestly, I don't think he's dead. Like, no one in this movie. No. They could have solidified it they since solidified this, is, this is the finale. They, they definitely solidified John Cena's death. We we did the slow-mo on his face okay. right before his death. And yeah. then we sat on his car exploding with the other cars. He's If he's not dead, then then who then nobody's dead then what's the point <laughs> what's yeah. the point of even having death in the franchise uh i mean clearly they don't because let's fast forward to our two end credits oh no the our our ending and our so end i'm gonna have to have you explain them um, to me because i i had to okay. walk i had to leave i had to go i was like there's probably an end credit scene and i didn't watch it there was there one or two there okay. was just one so the one with the rock was the last was so he it. was in the movie so there, oh, you so oh, you didn't see it because oh, I understand. Okay, okay, I'll explain the ending. So right now, obviously, Michelle Rodriguez, Charlize Theron, come out of the little thing, and they're like, Grant, where were they? Like Antarctica, Antarctica or yeah. something? That's where the prison. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, a submarine comes out of nowhere, and you see Gal Gadot. Like I mentioned before, that's a reveal because we saw her die in Fast and Furious Six. So now she's not dead. And she's back because she's no longer doing Wonder Woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now she's alive somehow. And I'm sure they're going to spend 20 minutes on explaining it in the next movie. The same like it did with Han not dying at the end of or midway through three. Uh, because it's all about the family now. And I totally forgot that Han was part of that whole crew with Ludacris and everything. And he's just chill eating a Always. couple of chips like he <laughs> normally does. Um, which was funny, whatever. Um, so there was that scene. That was like one of the stinger. The next one was we see uh, like these group of people infiltrating this area. They're all masked up. And then eventually they reach a computer room and the person presses play. And basically Jason was like, you were also responsible for killing. I forgot about you, blah, blah, blah. And then um, the, he, the, the, the person takes off his helmet and mask and it reveals to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but he has gray hair now, like in his beard. The, the beard is gray. Um, and he says a line that I don't remember, and so that's the sting. So at mm. this point now, which we all didn't think was going to happen, that because Rock the Rock has been pretty adamant about, I'm not returning to this franchise. Like, I'm yeah. done. So yeah. now they probably backed up that money train or that money truck and it's like, just... Just one last ride, Rock. One last ride. I know you don't <clears throat> like it, but I need you to be part of the family. <laughs> family. So now, now here's the question, which I didn't really think about. So I started reading it online. Is this a teaser for Hobbs and Shaw 2? Or is this for Fast, for the next Fast movie? I believe it's for the next Fast movie, not for Hobbs and Shaw 2. I don't know. There was... I'm thinking because why? Otherwise, why would he make this big vocal statement about... Not, I mean, he literally responded to the to Vin Diesel like, "I'm not mm -hmm. gonna, I'm not gonna be in your movie." I mean, I, I'm broad stroking, but I'm pretty sure that was yeah. the gist of it. Like, he's yeah, he, yeah. he he's made like, it very done. public that I'm not coming back. So, yeah. my guess is that it's for I, my. I'm in the camp that I think it's for Hobbs and Shaw, just because of that whole. By the way, what was the point of that shit? What was the point of all that then? <laughs> I'm looking at his IMDb now, and as of right now, there is no listing. Of a Hobbs and Shaw sequel that's on here. Nothing that alludes to it. Like I see a Red Notice sequel. I see that he's doing some Christmas project. I think it's called Red One. Um, there's a Jungle Cruise 2. 
There's a San Andreas 2, the live-action Moana movie that we talked about already. Nothing about Hobbs and Shaw. So, granted, it could be for a Hobbs and Shaw sequel. But at this point, I think this is what's going to happen. They probably made an agreement that The Rock can be in this movie. And they're not going to share... He's not going to share any scenes with Vin Diesel. And I think that's how they can work around it. Well, I just found and, a, I found in Screen Rant, apparently, a, a day ago. has a comment... Uh, so Vin Diesel comments on Johnson's for surprise Fast X return, dancing around his past feud with the star during filming of previous Fast and Furious movies. His comment below is, we have such a great cast. We lead with love. We try to create an environment where people can do their best work. That's all actors really want is to feel as though they're supported to create unique characters, characters that last forever. And you see that in this franchise. That. That literally does not answer. That doesn't. doesn't that doesn't it. say a fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, that just. I guess Hobbs is gonna be in the finale. I mean, they must have just yeah. given him the right number. Yeah, and and again, maybe he's not sharing a scene with Vin Diesel. Like as we saw, there are Vin Diesel not have a, a screen time with everybody in this movie. Like if you think about it, he he not once did they ever. Well, I take that back. At the very end, John Cena and Vin Diesel were together. But for the majority of the movie, they had very separate scene, separate scenes. Yeah, I mean, in the um, beginning when as, they're um, at the table with eating, Rita Moreno. Right. <laughs> yes, Marina Miranda, yeah. And then after that, a lot of people parted ways. They weren't really sharing a scene together. So it is very much possible that you can include him in this franchise to keep all the family together. And I think that's why they had The Rock and Gal Gadot come back to really solidify this is the end. Um now, with that, Ernesto, I want to read uh, – this was a, a story that kind of broke uh, right before the premiere came out. And I want to read what Vin Diesel had said in the red carpet premiere. And uh, where is – where is it? I, I lost the – there it is. Um, I want to read what he said at the red carpet premiere because now that's striking a lot of questions that need to be answered. So he said this. Um I'll just read you the article. Despite reports that Fast 11 would mark the end of the franchise's long run, Vin Diesel let it slip on the Fast X red carpet that the finale could actually be a three-parter, mm. ending the franchise with Fast 12. Speaking to a Fandango reporter at the Fast, the Fast X premiere in Rome, Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez teased the possibility for Fast X to be made into a trilogy. When asked about the future of Dom outside of the Fast saga, Diesel said, Going into making this movie, the studio asked if this could be a two-parter. And after the studio saw this part one, they said, could you make Fast X, the finale, a trilogy? Rodriguez chimed in by teasing it's three X in any story. As they walked away, they were asked if they were confor- confirming the existence of a third movie to end the saga, to which Diesel replied with, <laughs> quote, I don't want to get in trouble here, unquote. So, uh, so. Yes. <laughs> basically. <laughs> So with that, and, and, I, and I feel like I, I, you might be surprised when I, say, when I say this, even though I always felt it was weird for the movie to end with 11 movies, 12 seems like a more round number in this scenario. But with that being said, after getting that cliffhanger of what happened in Fast X, I think they should just be one more and done with it. 
I, I feel like we're stretching it if we do another one I after mean, that. Think about all the back think about all the extra fluff that was in this movie. They could have literally ended it with this movie. They could have they could have they could have made a really tight action film and ended it this one. But if they're gonna go for the stretch out, I agree. One more, but we're gonna get two more. So that means the next movie is gonna end on another cliffhanger. Like Right, and that's the thing. That's the thing I didn't like. I was like, you you're gonna do two cliffhangers? No, you you did the one, and you and you have your finale. And honestly, this is my thing. I think they want to do three, but they want to see what the box office numbers come mm. back with. And and if you think about it, yes, the worldwide they had some success, but as far as a domestic um, record, um, it came in shy of what Fast Nine mm. was on opening weekend. Um, excuse me, Fast Nine opened with seventy million jo- seventy million dollars opening weekend in the U.S in the midst of a pandemic. And so now Fast X, when we're kind of a little bit out of it now, uh, Fast X opened with $67.5 million in the box office. So that is, that's that's lo- that's slightly under what a mo- what Fast 9 made. So that's not, that's not growth. That's kind of staying well, on I par. Would, I would argue that, that that's like performing under because that's pandemic. Yes. That's when people were still afraid to go to the movies. And this, and Fast guess. X was one of the first big premieres to get, I mean, sorry, Fast 9 was one of the main movie. was one of the first movies to get us to go to the movies. So we're talking yes. when people are even skeptical to go to the movies now. I mean, we've had Guardians. There's been so many yeah. other massive we're, hits that we're back in pretty much full swing at the theaters. And to mm-hmm. do those under what you did during the pandemic, that that's not great. Right. No, and that's why I'm thinking like maybe what the studio wants is not what the what the audience wants. You know what I mean? Like you could be getting yourself in the red if you want to push another movie. But also story wise, they went into it knowing this was a two parter, Ernesto. So now you're telling me that they need to create more story when they've already made the two parter. And then and the I next... and I and that that right there might dilute it even what it, what it already is. And they didn't even call it part one it's not even called fast x part one it's just called mm-hmm. fast x so what's the next one going to be for 11 <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it would be called fast x x even though that's 20 yeah. but that's that's it's not true. how those numbers and work then, that's not how those numbers work. <laughs> at this rate we might even get to fast 20 um but i i do believe that they should call it quits after the next one I, you, you ended it with a cliffhanger. You got your returning players. You gave us a cameo that Dwayne Johnson's back and Gal Gadot's back. Is like there's nobody else to bring back. You did it. You did the job, and you've already wrote this as a two-parter because the studio wanted three movies according to Vin Diesel after they saw the first one. So they've already wrote an end for mm-hmm. this. So now they need to write another ending with a whole other two hours worth of movie. No, 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 no. We we're ending with eleven. I I think that's the way to go. Or- they're gonna, they're, the money's gonna keep rolling in, and they're gonna say, "Hey, that that one movie, let's make two movies out of it." <laughs> Stretch that in. But the problem is, is that if you were to look at fast, if you were to look at other Fast and the Furious movies, it's a complete story from start to finish. This isn't listed mm-hmm. as a part one, but it's not a complete story. It literally, it it's literally not. ends at like the middle of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, it, it really does. With the cliffhanger of like, we don't know if if uh, Ludacris and the whole Tyrese team is and everyone theirs. Yes, exactly. Except for Mich- Michelle Rodriguez and Charlize Theron, they have Gal Gadot now, so they're 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 forming their own squad to go help yeah, out everybody. Exactly. Um, 
So, and, and I'm sure Brie Larson's somewhere there because she's not part of the fold, so yeah, she can probably she, join she them as die. well. She just got shot in the shoulder. That's right. But what that's if we right. see Jason uh, Momoa? What if it opens up with Jason Momoa killing The Rock? Ooh. Because what if he doesn't want to do it? So Vin Diesel says, fuck you. Yeah. Kills him in the next. <laughs> it's like part of the finale. It's like. <laughs> that's interesting. You know, it's also interesting. It, some people might forget that Ryan Reynolds was in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, really? He made a cameo in that movie. So he can also make an appearance as part of the family just to keep this train going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't think. I think they should end it. And also, Vin Diesel has already come out and said that there are multiple spinoffs in the works for this franchise, including an all-female-led fast movie. So, like, you're already in your mind thinking of how to expand this franchise. Let's end this one first, right? Let's like if you already had if you already have more in mind, just leave it at that. You already made a two-part. You already made this as a two-part finale. End that, and then move on with your spinoffs. That's that's the way to go. Don't don't stretch this out any further because it looks like you're already going to in the future they anyway. Just, realistically, I think they should have ended it at seven. When Paul Walker had his send-off, mm. that should have been – it felt like a very emotional end. And that should have been the end of the main Fast franchise. And then we could have – you could just have fun with a bunch of different spinoffs because you're, you're at that ending point where the team's all together and everybody can go off and do their own thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but instead, we've definitely – they're milking exploited it. this for absolutely and you know what again this would be going into my final thoughts here i had a great time in the theater i also ernesto i didn't say this before i watched this in 40x what oh, a hell of a ride that was my my god so the movie the seat was moving so much in any other 40x theater i've ever been in and like the 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 my phone and my keys were coming out of my pocket that's how much that's i was hilarious. moving and i had to like I had to like take him out and put him like in my jacket because I'm just over here just like doing all this and I'm like oh my god. But two hours of that was that was that comfortable? Was that good? I had a good time. It's like I don't always use 4DX as my viewing experience because I don't feel like every movie warrants it. But when I'm just leaning into it and like Fast is a hundred percent that movie that I want to just have a good time with the 4DX and and it, like there's so much action going on. Of course they're gonna. And they're going to bring it like Avatar. The way of water was uh, a different experience going into with the 40X when I saw that movie again. Um, and it was it was like more like you're flying through the air. So you get more of like the sways and like a, a little bit of action here, a couple of bumps here. But when you're in a fast, fast movie, you're, it's just it's just moving the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, you're part of it. And I had a good time with it. Like I said, I don't think it needs for every movie, but I had a great time. And I think for, for lack of better term. They stitched a story together that I was able to get behind. And at the end of the day, they stitched it all together. It was all about family, as as it, as it usually is. And I think it was a better tie-in with to kind of try to wrap all this up. I think they could have done a lot worse to try to wrap this up. And I think they have something there. And I can see why the studio was really into it. Um, despite a lot of people calling it some of the worst in the franchise, I didn't see it that way. I just see it as, you know, it's it's just another ridiculous movie. If you can get behind that, I feel like you can open your door. If you can get if you can move past how ridiculous the movie is, then I think you can allow yourself to see other aspects of it to make it what it is and like be enjoy for it. I will agree with you. But I just think there's just certain things like that I just couldn't get behind. Like that whole the whole That's opening fair. at least for me my final thoughts like yes, it mm -hmm. was fun. I think 
I could tell that the actors were having a good time making this project, and that actually works in its favor because I think like that's what it should be about. You're there not to yeah. like you're not gonna this movie's not gonna win an Oscar. Like that's not what it but yeah. it clearly knows that and it it's it understands that. And I but I I appreciate a movie that knows how to stay in its lane. But just certain things are just a little yeah. are even for me a little over the top. Like 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 you're already over the top. Like you could have picked you could have just done it a different way. Like a perfect example is the Weird Al movie. That movie is the, mm-hmm. the biopic. That movie's all over the place, wild and crazy, but it works. It works for it. But I feel like mm-hmm. there's a even within it, like there's there's certain lines that you just don't cross. And I feel like Fast says, "Fuck the lines." <laughs> like <laughs> we make in this family, we make our own lines. Yeah. Um. I'm. Yeah. I think they need to, I agree with you, it needs to be ended, I think it should have ended on this one, but since this movie is technically incomplete, because it does mm-hmm. not give you a complete story, you you end with everybody, you not you don't know what your main characters are doing, They're, yeah. Dom's literally about to die, like the Hoover Dam is about to yeah. open up, and him and his son are going to, obviously they're going to get... He's going to figure out how to survive, whether he surfs on top of the car or somebody grabs him. Somebody's going to live. The whole team, the the, tr- the plane will be destroyed, but they won't have any way to contact. Somebody might be severely wounded that they have to care for mm. in the next movie, but they're all going to be alive. Like we, yeah. I mean, we know. I like I liked the team up that we get between Jason Momoa and Alan Richardson. I think, to me, that was mm-hmm. the most interesting part of the whole movie was alan richardson's turn at the end of the movie like that was a great to me that was actually a really good plot twist i was actually here for that mm-hmm. so it's not very often that the movie can get me like that and maybe because and I, I think i mentioned it before because i was just so wrapped up in the ridiculousness of the movie that like i was like oh there's some actual story here oh shit oh that's right yeah but i do agree with you it was like story-wise there was a little there was definitely more there than fast nine i mean fast nine i yeah I couldn't even tell you what this is about this you can you yeah. can kind of get a general idea say oh well this is the they're fo- we're following this story beats so i'm yeah i'm only and it's also it's much easier to get behind jason momoa is like his his main thing he's out for revenge that's the thing that's what he's there so for. i'm gonna say this so i you know i i remember watching the first one when it came out if the next one truly is the last one of the main franchise I will do an entire rewatch. I will wa- so right. I will watch I the, the ones that I consider like the original trilogy, which is one, two, and three, and eh, maybe four. I'll even include four in there because four is kind of like because mm-hmm. three is kind of like a prequel, and really four is kind of like part three. Like, yeah, four is part three, but actually three. If you're looking, <laughs> so the actual timeline order okay. is one, two, four, five, six. Three, seven, eight, nine, ten. Mm. Interesting. But is it? But is it? But they give you all these like cutscenes at the end, so we're like, it still makes sense to watch it chronologically, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, it, it doesn't. It. It's fine to watch it in chronological order. It doesn't change anything. The only thing that's really moving is three. So instead of watching it in the third spot, you're watching it in the. Uh, six slot of mm. it all because han is still alive in four five and six and then when they at the end of six when they reveal that jason statham was the person who technically killed han that was the end credit scene of mm. six and then you reveal that jason statham is a bad guy and then he's in seven 
And then Han wasn't there in seven and eight. And then they brought him back in nine. And what was in nine and, that he didn't actually die in the explosion, right? He, he managed to get away. Right. That's what it was. That's right. Correct. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they retconned him to make sure he's still alive in a really stupid yeah. way. Like it was a, it was a really dumb, again, I was not a fan of fast nine. That's probably the only movie I don't like is fast nine. Hmm. Well, we'll see because if next one is the, if the next we'll one truly is the last one, then I know you're going to make me watch it. So to round it mm-hmm. out, I'm going to, I will watch all 11 films. I may even watch Hobbs and Shaw, but I think you said Hobbs and Shaw is, it's actually pretty decent. It's actually the decent. Yeah. I like the better it. Ones. Yeah. It's, it's pretty. Yeah, I agree. Um, but and I agree with you. If, if 11 is truly in fact, like two years from now, 11 is going to come out. And if that is the ending, I will also do a binge. Um, but if it's not, then I'll probably just watch Fast X and then watch 11 again. Like as far as my, as far as my rewatch this year, I didn't watch anything. I was like, I'm not, I'm not watching F9. Again, I didn't even so. watch the recap. And you know what? I, for the most part, I was able to follow the movie. There were certain things sure, that like, yeah. I guess main cameos that I didn't appreciate as much as you did because I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. Gal Gadot's here. All right. She's, she's saw yeah. a fucking submarine. Let's go. <laughs> and also you said it, she's in a submarine. You know, it's about to get exploded. You know, who just got, uh, the dam just got exploded. Well, that's who's that's to say that dam. we're in Antarctica. I don't, I don't, I, I know. You you gonna put it past me that they they can't get a submarine down there? Oh, okay, but I mean distance wise. Yes, this yes distance wise, but who says that was in a linear fashion? Oh yeah, it is fast X. It is. <laughs> who says that that was happening at the same time? It was edited that way, but all of a sudden we can get it. Well, honestly, who knows how like if we're gonna be immediately into the cliffhanger, or if there's gonna be a whole other scene or two before we get back to what Dom's doing. Because there's so many things that are happening in this movie. I'm really curious how they're going to start this off. We could have a whole scene with The Rock is in the first 30 minutes of the movie before we see what's going on with Dom, you so, know? I looked so. it up. So it's over 8,000 miles apart. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> 8,851 miles away between Antarctica and the Hoover Dam. We'll, we'll see. I, I bet some time has passed, but I wouldn't put it past me if all of a sudden Dom's underwater about to die and Gal Gadot just comes and... They just, I mean, at this point, what are they just going to open a portal that goes from Antarctica right to the Hoover Dam? It's like, we yeah. built this transport to be in this exact spot for some unknown service thing that it just happened to work oh out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Plot armor. So stupid. Plot armor. Absolutely. Oh, man. So there you go. That's our spoiler review of Fast X. I think I think I warmed Ernesto a little bit to to the idea. I think you're pretty. I I, I think I, I think I warmed you up a little bit to the movie. Yeah. Or I make I make you like it a little bit more than when you when we started. Well, this yeah, review. because you. I, I mean, I'm invested in the movie. Okay, you've you've been, yes. you got you uh, made uh, me become invested in this franchise. And and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I gotta find one that I gotta find something to make you watch like that. I, I don't know fine. if I have anything. Oh, I'll, Whenever you do, I'll watch it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be like, Matt. You're like, Matt, it's not that great. But like, Matt, Fast and the Furious. I'm just going to say family. And you're going to be like, all right. (laughs) All right. Shit. Um, All right. So tell the listeners what they can look forward to next week. Next Next week, we are going under the sea. (laughs) Ah, Under the (laughs) sea. And we're going to see, is it going to be more like Aladdin or more like Lion King? That's, that's going to be the, that's going to be the, I'm still really skeptical about that flounder CGI and that Sebastian CGI. Mm -hmm. It's just, it looks, it looks creepy. It's a little creepy to me, but, um, 
But I'm, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be here for it because I'm, I'm curious to see how Haley Bailey does. So um, we're gonna have a guest on if everything works out. If everything yep. works out all right, I'll be looking forward to having him on. Um, but yeah, I, it, so I I've heard early reviews suggest that uh, Haley Bailey's performance is incredible. People love her as as Ariel. People. Uh, are really liking uh, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. So there's already some positive buzz going into it as we approach opening weekend. Um, but I'm with you, man. I, The Little Mermaid, I don't know if... I'm uh, on the fence. I, I have to I have I'm to on be the fence as well. I'm, I'm on yeah. the fence about this one. Like, I'm not, like, super excited, only because, like, The Little Mermaid is not... I mean, it hasn't been that long since the other one was made. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we're yeah. in the land of remakes, of live-action remakes, or live-action mm-hmm. retellings. So, sure. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'll, I'll be happy if it turns me around. But right now, I'm kind of going in there a little bit skeptical of how I'm, you know, how I feel I am going it. in there with a little bit of side-eye. I will say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, like mm. it's side-eye, but an open mind. Like, I'm, I'm open to it, but I have a little like bit I'm of Like, I'm watching, side-eye. but I'm, but I'm yeah. like, watching. <laughs> I was like, hmm. hmm. Okay. okay. Mm. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we look forward to. Uh, I. Uh, but either way, I look forward to having this conversation Absolutely. with you, at the very least, as well as our guests, if everything works out. Uh, but there you go. That's all the show we have for you guys this week. As always, you can find us on our social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers, our Facebook page at box office bingers, and our TikTok page at box office bingers, and our Twitter page at box office binger without the S. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening to us each and every week. Just just talk about movies, and we, hopefully we, you guys have a good time. We definitely have a good time doing this each and every week. Um, come back next week for more movie fun. You're not going to regret it. And for that, I've been your host, Matthias. Santos. See ya.